0: All right, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things oh, sorry, personal development, mental health, and sexuality. Today I am your host, Callan Brecken, and we have two very special guests with us today. We have David Oliver Waddell, and we also have Ryan Michael Williams, who some of you guys know as one of our moderators in the Gay Men's Brotherhood. And today we are going to be talking about disability visibility because we've been wanting to do this podcast episode for quite a while now. Um, And now we can finally bring it all to you guys. So I'm not going to lead off with too much and I'm going to let David introduce himself uh, and then we'll move into Ryan introducing himself and then we'll jump into the conversation. So David, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is David Oliver Waddell, and I'm a queer artist based in Calgary, Alberta, and I live with a disability called cerebral palsy.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, David. I'm super excited to dive into today's episode. And Ryan, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself there?
2: righty. <clears throat> Hey everybody, my name is Ryan. Um, Like Kellen said, I'm one of the moderators in the Gay Man's Brotherhood, and I am a, oh God, do I have to say it, almost 40-year-old man, um, gay man living with cerebral palsy, and I have been my whole life, so I'm happy to be here.
0: Nice. I'm so excited to dive in with both of you guys on today's episode. So, Let's start off with the basics, because I know that there's going to be a lot of gay men out there listening to this who are very ignorant, like myself, just because I simply haven't had a lot of people in my life um, who have had any types of disabilities. So let's jump into the easy stuff and start off with just kind of like what's some acceptable vocabularies and what's unacceptable vocabularies nowadays when discussing disabilities, because I know that for myself, when I was bringing this topic up, when Ryan and I were talking about it, I was very nervous and very scared to like say something wrong. I was like, "Ah, oh, man, I don't want to get anything wrong. I don't want to like, like say anything bad or make anybody feel bad. And that's kind of why I want to do this episode because I want to open that door so that, you know it opens the door for learning and education. And yes, you might get it wrong once in a while, but as long as you're doing it in the right way and you're opening those doors and you're trying your best, that I think is the most important thing. So, David, we'll take it over to you. What are some, you know, what's the kind of vocabulary that you prefer when somebody's talking about it and and bringing up disabilities?
1: Well, I use a wheelchair full-time. So when someone's referring to me, I. I like to be referred as a wheelchair user I'm not someone that is defined or sorry, uh, confined to a wheelchair because I, I just think that sort of language is, is very dismissive. So I'm uh, yes, I have CP, but it doesn't define who I am.
0: Gotcha. So it's you use a wheelchair, you're not defined by the wheelchair because that's kind of like that, more open inclusive language. That's right. Gotcha. And is there any other terms that like people are not supposed to be using these days? Things that like people might think, oh, this is okay. But it's just, you don't, you don't talk like that anymore.
1: Well, I've, I've never <clears throat> liked the term handicapped. I think that a term is now so archaic. Um, is there, it might've been acceptable, you know, 30, 40 years ago, but not so much now.
0: Gotcha. So ixnay on the handicap language, because it's yes. not. And then also, even when I was bringing this up, I was just like, do I say disability or do I say like differently abled person? Cause I know that there's people in the world who also prefer that language. So I know when I was talking to you guys, I was asking like, what's your preferred language is it kind of like what's your preferred pronouns it could be equated to that where it's just like different people like to be used different terms
1: totally like I, I i don't mind the term disabled um because i i am but again it doesn't <clears throat> define who i am as a child gay man
0: right exactly well, yeah. Ryan, I'm curious
2: to see what you have to say about this. I'm very much on the same page as David. I think any, as far as what, what is acceptable, you know, I try to be a little bit lenient because I understand people are, are learning, right? Like you said, it's like, kind of like pronouns. And as that changes, people are going to slip they're gonna make mistakes and it's okay um i I very much prefer the term disabled to handicap handicap was what we used when I was growing up so I'm very used to it yeah. but as we you know as we're progressing it's like disabled is it's it's more respectful right it's just it there's so much negativity connected with with handicap that it's just better to let it go, um, and it, it's hard because sometimes you know you'll get people who you're fine joking around with, you know, people in your circle and stuff like that, and and then there's people that you just no don't don't talk to me like that, like don't call. Mm-hmm. I've been called things like a gimp, things like that. Yeah. Those are those are so derogatory right Mm -hmm. and people think it's funny but it's really not right like it 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 kind of makes you think well how do you see me then right and it goes to what David said I feel like names even define me by my disability so that's why the importance of of kind of paying attention to how we say things makes a difference because I don't want to be defined by my disability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, anything that we used in the 90s is pretty much no longer acceptable. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. looking you know? at the 90s, I was like, I was like, oh, that was just, you know, not that long ago. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, no, that was actually much longer ago than I thought. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> I know right?
2: I know I did yeah. that the other day. Somebody said 1995 And I was like, I was not even 20 that, like, holy crap. Like, yeah, right. you know,
1: we're, we're 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 a lot older than we care to admit, I think.
2: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's basically the way I look at it is anything we used in the 90s, you know, that was okay then, it's yeah. pretty much not okay now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, this kind of pairs into the next question. So like what's been the biggest struggle about being a gay man living with a disability in the gay community? Who wants to, who wants to jump in on this one? Cause I'm sure both of you do, but let's, you know what, let's go to David first.
1: Okay. Well, my, my story is um, somewhat of a unique one. I think um, I came out um, at the tender age of 31. So I'm I'm 34 now, so I'm, I'm just kind of um, coming to grips with embracing my queerness and and kind of trying to immerse myself in in the in the community and and be a positive role model for people out there.
0: Yeah, so you're like a um, fresh little baby gay.
1: I'm a baby gay, yeah, and uh, honestly, um, it. Like I knew from a very young age that I was gay, um, <clears throat> but um, growing up, I already faced the um, the label of having a disability. So I fought really hard to um, to suppress um, <clears throat> my queerness growing up <clears throat> because I just didn't want to have. two labels attached to me so that was my that was my big thing
0: gotcha so you're like well i already have this i don't want to have to deal with this big crap over here as well because we we all know the gays don't exactly not deal with
1: crap that's right right
0: so you waited a little while until it came out you're like you know okay cool i've you know the disabled thing all of that going on Uh, I'm gonna embrace this queer side of me now so let's just like go over here and focus on that
1: right and for me it came to the point where it's like you know you either have to come out or um quite honestly come out or check out of here because um there's no point in living um a facade and not living as authentically as you can.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: uh, I'm I'm obviously so happy that I'm sitting here talking to both of you today because I just proved that I made the right decision.
0: Oh, fully, fully. So I'm curious, what's the biggest struggle been around being gay and you know, living with cerebral palsy and being part of the gay community.
1: Uh, I think the most. Um, I think the most obvious one would have to come down to <clears throat> dating. Um, just because, again, there's already there's so so much that you need to <clears throat> worry about being disabled, but then when you add the the queerness factor on top of that, that's that's a whole nother layer.
0: Uh definitely.
2: For everybody so, dating is yeah, always just
1: Yeah. And and then the number one question that I get that I can't stand is because they look they look at me first and they ask me, does it work? And like that's um, that's emasculating in itself. Um, like it's it's hard enough to date, but and then if that's the first impression that people see from you, it's very hard. Yeah. To to overcome that.
0: Definitely, and but that also speaks to like the whole gay community as a whole. You go on Grindr or something like like an app equivalent to, and sometimes the first thing people send you is like a dick pic and a hole pic and this and that, and it's just like if that's the only language we as gay men are learning how to speak, we're teaching the younger generations that like this is your only value, this is where your value, and that's not true. That's not your only value. That is not even. I I don't even say that that's a value. I want to know the person, I want to know the mind, I want to know what's going on there. A relationship for me is, you know, a long-term like forever thing. And it's like, your body will change. Things will change. Accidents can happen. You never know what's going to happen in the long-term of your life. And I look at my grandparents who were together for like 60, 65 years before my grandpa passed away. And it was like, they made a commitment to like be together every day, but it was the mind that kept going. It was the mind that was the amazing part.
1: Right. And the the, the thing I always remind um, people when I'm I'm faced with those superficial moments is whether we want to believe it or not, no, all of us are going to face the prospect of being disabled in some way. it might not be all busy right away, but it's it's very much a reality for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Because the older you get, our bodies aren't meant to just stay young, 20, fresh twinks forever. You're eventually yeah. going to get older and like uh, things start changing. My knees, I'm a very tall man. My knees, my back. I'm like Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So I am curious, Ryan. What about you? what What would you say is probably one of the biggest struggles or the biggest issues
2: you've had in regards to the gay community? Honestly, one of the biggest struggles I've had is the superficiality. So, like you said, Kellen, when you go on the dating apps and you see these pictures, there's all these built men with the muscles, and the, you know, and they're skinny, and they're they're it. I will never look like that. I can't look like that. I can't lift weights. I can't. There are things that prevent me from looking like that. And it is very intimidating. You know, when you, when you look at these people on the apps, you honestly look at yourself and go, why would somebody want somebody like me when they can have that? Right. And I know you're not supposed to compare yourself to other people, but it's so hard when it's staring you in the face it's so hard. And so for me, that then turned into getting into my own head, right? Because Mm -hmm. that turns into, I will never be good enough. I will never have what these people have. Nobody will want me. It sounds very grim, but I mean, these are the thoughts that we deal with, right? Because like I said, you're looking at it right in front of you and you're like, how am I going to find somebody when there's, all of this other stuff out there. So I think for me, that was the biggest struggle is how do you get somebody to see you like you were talking about to see you for the person you are instead of the superficial stuff they see in front of them. And I don't know, it just feels so much bigger. Like the job Mm -hmm. feels so much bigger because I have to convince somebody that I am the person that I am not based on these superficial you know pictures mm-hmm. i guess in one way we actually have it better because in the end like when we find a relationship it's probably gonna last because we we did the work you know because we had to we had no choice we had to do the work but it's difficult
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did that compare and despair game <laughs> Oh, yeah. everybody, everybody does the compare and despair game. But I always <laughs> remind myself when, I, if, and when I use those apps and you're looking at somebody, a picture can only tell you so much. All it says is the aesthetic. You have no yeah. idea. Maybe that person, maybe she crazy. Maybe she crazy <laughs> girl. And, you <laughs> in your life and you're like, oh, this is why you're single. Okay. I see you, yeah. you know, and it's like you said, Ryan, like you kind of, predeterminedly had to do the work. And Mm -hmm. anybody who wants to date you would have had to probably do the work as well to get to the place where you are. And that's like a filter that other people don't really necessarily have to go through. And Mm -hmm. I think about, you know, people who get into relationships with other people simply because of their aesthetic. And I'm just like, "Do do you only wanna be with them because of the way they look? Because that's gonna change. That's gonna, like, people get old. Like, yeah, it's, insane. like it happens and I'm just looking at people. I'm like, okay, I I hope that everything else is deeper. I hope that you're still developing minds and you challenge each other to grow and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely hear you on the uh, the dating app front. So would you say that you get discounted a lot more often when you're in the dating apps simply because?
2: Yes. From my experience, it is... I mean, again, some people are based on that superficiality, right? And because there's something wrong with us, they discount us or they look at us. um, David, you probably have a little bit more experience with this particular thing than I do, but they can look at you and go, that's too much work. Right, there's, there's, to them, there's extra work that comes with being in a relationship with somebody with a disability, and they just look at it and go, "That's too much work." Yeah, and they discount us right out, right away.
1: Yeah, and, and and I think for me, the the what I tend to run into a lot is is, um, you, you know, I I can kind of flirt my way past the first, you know, couple superficial questions but when it comes to talking about anything with my disability then it's like you're all you're almost having to to over over oversell yourself and and you know kind of reassure people right away that you know that you know what you're doing and you've been through this before and like you know you're kind of trying to take that onus on yourself when it's not entirely fair because when you're in a relationship there's two people for a reason
0: oh yeah it takes two to tango that's right 100% so how so if you're on the dating apps and people want to talk to you and have questions how can somebody go about doing that without coming across as like a giant douchebag or an ignorant asshole because I mean I'm sure there are there's like there's millions of people all around the world. And, you know, I'm sure there's not everybody who's just looking at that aesthetic. So when it does come to people and they're like, huh, okay, I want to ask them questions, but how do they do that without sounding like a dick or an ignorant ass? Uh,
1: Well, I I always try to kind of beat people to that question. Like I always try and say like, if there's anything, you want to know just ask me like I'm an open book so I kind of kind of cut them off at the past before they have a chance to throw to the questions themselves and then and then it kind of evolves into hopefully a um, respectful conversation
0: yeah do you ever use like comedy and joking? Because like most people do that when they feel uncomfortable. It's like your yeah. Tinder profile, and you have yourself, and then you're like, "Yes, just in case you're wondering, you know, I do use a wheelchair full time. In case that's a shocker to you."
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think for me when I when I uh, first came out, like that first year, um, like I'll, I'll be honest, like I came out, and then <clears throat> I was on. Tinder right away, cause, cause I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, got it. She was swiping right on
0: every,
1: she, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all the gays. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, So I mean, I was, kind of, I was obviously eager, um, but I just, I, I just feel it's, it's um, to, to joke about it now, is kind of doing doing me a disservice
0: okay so there's no joking that goes on no all right no. see i'm learning <laughs> stuff now
1: I, oh. I mean some some people are comfortable with those jokes but um <clears throat> the older i get um the less funny they are
0: yeah because it's always the same jokes probably over and over
1: right and over again. yeah and it's like oh i heard that one you know Right. A million times.
0: And and what about you, Ryan? What about, <clears throat> pardon me, somebody's asking questions. How do they do that without coming across as like an ignorant ass?
2: You know, um, one of the best ways to do that is say, I have a question. I don't know how to word it. And I don't want to come across like an asshole. Say it straight out. Because then I know that you have a question and you're struggling with how to word it. Right? At least... Uh, then I know that you're aware that it might come across weird and then I can answer it for you because from my perspective, I want to give you the answers you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. I want to make you feel just as confident in me as I do. And so if you just say, I have a question, don't know how to ask it. And I might sound ignorant. Okay. You know? um, And, and I, I do. It was very neat for me to hear David's perspective on the jokes because um, I've always considered myself lucky when it comes to CP because I I am not in a wheelchair. I can walk. I can, you know, function, all of that stuff. And I acknowledge that I could have had it way differently. And uh, I do joke about it. You know, like I I always tell people that the Hunchback of Notre Dame is my life story that's, that's you know, like, but for me, it works, right? If I laugh about it, if I joke about it, then other people can see that it's okay too. And it's okay to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Like, are you kidding me? Um, Yeah. You know, even when talking to other disabled people, um, my boyfriend is trans. I've made countless mistakes. Trust me. Mm. So, you know, even though I have that disability, doesn't mean I'm immune for making mistakes as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's best just to ask it straight out and say, I might sound like a bitch, but at least I know you tried.
0: <laughs> right, you, you know? kind of preface it with just like, hey, this is not meant to sound as a douchey thing. This is like a genuine, yeah. honest, curious question. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And David, do you, pre- and it's interesting to see that, like, David, you were like, not so much on the jokes. And Ryan, you were like, hey, I like the jokes because I make the jokes because we're all different people. We all have different preferences. We all live life differently. So David, coming back to you with that, how how do you, you know, how could somebody ask questions without coming across as like a douche?
1: Uh, honestly, um, I, I try and, um, <clears throat> I try and not, I try really hard not to bring up the fact that I have a disability right away, because <laughs> the fact that if we connect on an emotional level and we have the same interests um, and they're truly you know interested in me, um, at the end of the day, I don't think a disability should matter,
0: yeah. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like when people say they have preferences and this, that, and the other, it's like, Oh, I like people who are tall, but then somebody who's, you know, very short comes along. It's just like, are you going to discount them simply because they're not like the required height that you thought you liked? It's like,
2: personality
0: is so much more personality and like, I'm a very mental person. I'm like, I like to say I'm sapiosexual because I'm like, you have to like tickle me up here in my brain before you can tickle me anywhere else. (laughs) And like that could come in so many different packages and sizes and all of that. So it's just like, that is my number one go-to and that's just the way it is for me. So um so we've been talking a lot about like kind of like maybe some negative things and that kind of stuff what are like the positive things what are the positive sides of you know living with a disability
1: Ryan do you want to go ahead or
2: sure um one of the honestly one of the biggest positive things for me is it it gives us something to talk about quite often that will you know, if, if somebody comes along and they ask questions, it opens the door to have conversation. So, you know, it's, it's a very good icebreaker, I guess is the best way to put it. Right. It makes flowing into conversation really easy. You're like, oh, look, there's that hot guy over there. I'm going to go talk to him about my disability. Cause it's there, you know? Um, so for me, that has been one of the good things and the other very good thing like you said, Kellen, people are forced to look past and see my mind, see the person that I am, and that for me is a good thing, because it is forcing the gay society out of the superficial box that they live in, and they have to see the whole package. And so I like to, I like to feel that I'm doing the gay community a service by making people look at my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. you know do.
2: what I mean though like it's yeah right? yeah we do we force people to look other places you have to and absolutely I like it I like it a lot um yeah so those are the two biggest ones for me that make it really good you know and then when people do when people do start looking outside that box the friendships that you make relationships yeah. that you have, they're incredible, because these people took the time to understand, right? So on the yeah, other side, I, that, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, as, you know, a gay man with, with disability, we we essentially have, have all the power where we want the conversation to go and how we want to lead off, because I think it's our job to kind of um reassure those fine fellows out there that we that we got this like we know what we're doing so in in a lot of ways we we have the power
0: yeah so what has so what has living with uh, disability taught you about yourself in life because I know that you're a fresh baby guys, so I'm sure you've learned a lot of new things recently about this David
1: <laughs> yeah I have um, well uh, number one it's uh, taught me to not be so um, superficial <clears throat> and um, it goes back to what Ryan was saying earlier about um, not um, um, <clears throat> comparing yourself to others and and wishing you were, you know, wishing you were in a different place than you you are because honestly, where you are is a pretty good place. So, and I think the number one thing my disability has taught me is just patience. And, and that goes for across the board, like patience in, in all aspects of life.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine you'd need to have a lot of patience and to develop patience because you're like, I want to do something quickly, and then it's it's <laughs> not going to happen so quickly sometimes.
1: Yeah, my, my my quickly is like give me half an hour to forty five minutes. That yeah, that's my like all. Get something done really quick for you, but yeah. i i don't i don't ever set time limits for, for anything because i i don't want to um i i don't want my disability to win.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know something just popped into my head, and I wanted to say it uh, straight out because we've talked a lot about superficiality and I just wanted to say that you know we go through it too we look at these hot guys and we go oh they're not going to talk to me they're so hot they're you know we we go through that superficial thing too where we look at people and think that they won't talk to us because they're so hot and I mean you know (laughs) the 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 partner that I ended up with I never dreamed in a million years that a guy like that would end up with me. We go through it too. So I just wanted to make that clear so that, you know, anybody watching this or even you, Cal, don't feel like you're the only one that, you know, you guys aren't the only ones that play superficiality. We do it too. And we get proved wrong all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. yes.
0: And even everybody goes through superficiality. I have those moments where I'm just like, why would a guy like that date me?
2: All
0: the time, <laughs> yeah. all the time. I'm like, no, it, he's never gonna look at me. He's never gonna talk to me. And that's my own stuff in my own head. And we all have that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it goes to what you said, Colin. It's like it. I, I think that boils down to human nature because we, we all um, we all deal with that, and some of us are are better at disguising our our superficialities um better than most Mm -hmm. but we at the end of the day we we all struggle with that
0: yeah exactly um i'm curious ryan because you talked you brought up a relationship so you're in a relationship
1: so obviously you've
0: gone through a lot of these you know struggles online and all this kind of stuff Uh what like what kind of adventure was that in going through the dating world and like you know finding a partner and actually like (sighs) having really because like i'm still single i'm like okay
2: (laughs) dude dude, it was a mess it was a mess man um i had gone through um a couple people that i kind of adopted this mentality of this is the best i can do and dated a couple people that perhaps I ought not have and gotten myself into situations that I'm like, whoa, this is way more drama than that I bargained for. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I realized, like I, I stopped dating. I would say a year and a half ago and started doing work on myself and just focused on that. And on the other side of that, when I adopted this mentality of this is what I want, this is what I don't want. It felt for lack of better terms, normal, I was able to to go through the profiles and go, Nope, this person just wants sex or that person, you know, and find what I wanted. Um, But before I got there, it was a mess. Honey, it was like, (laughs) it was, I can't even like, you know, (laughs) Um, and it really proved that you attract what you put out. You know, it really proved that. And like David said, we have to be patient and that is so hard. You know, I'm, I'm damn near 40. I didn't want to die alone. I, I honestly had this fear that I was going to just die alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I met my partner, I was not looking, I was not, I was on the apps, but we all have the apps on our phone, you know, they're just there. I wasn't actively looking and then it just happened. And honestly, there's something to that. You know, mm-hmm. stop looking, stop trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. As soon as you do that, things just start to fall into place. Yeah.
0: So, is it yeah. so? Am I correct in saying that like beforehand, before you started doing the personal work, it was like, I'll take what I can get. And then Mm -hmm. once you stop doing that and you're like, you know what? Screw that. I'm just going to do me. I'm going to focus on me, get my head, you know, on straight. And then everything just kind of started following suit.
2: Hmm. Interesting. And it it was, it was, it was take what you can get because it's the best you can do. Right. Because you have this mentality of, I can only do so good because I'm disabled. I'm never going to end up with a hot guy because I'm disabled. You have all these barriers. The second I did that work though, man, I tell you it made a shit ton of difference. Mm -hmm. It really did.
0: Even I used to like think like that before I did my work where it was just like, Oh, this is the best I'm going to get. If like, even like a slightly attractive guy liked me i was just like well this is the best i'm gonna get so i'm just gonna go <laughs> for it whether she's crazy or not i'm fine i'll deal with it
2: see the- see, my thing was if if an if a very attractive man liked me i was like what is wrong with you what where is your flaw what is wrong oh my with god you-? i
0: still think that sometimes am i right? for me i'm mm-hmm. just like why why do you like me what's wrong with you why, like- exactly
2: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> Oh my goodness. What about you, David? Have you been, have you, now that you're here and queer and everybody's getting used to it, have you been on the dating scene?
1: Well, I, yeah, I would say um, probably less now because of j- just kind of the world and the way it is right now. But um, like you said in the beginning, it was like, yeah, here we go, we're, we're gonna go, you know, ball, balls first and, and you know, it tried right at it so like I I, I I was not shy about getting on every app I possibly could because I, I you know I, I had a lot of um I, I had a lot of time to make up for I thought and <clears> then <throat> um, when I kind of stopped trying to play the player game I, I realized <clears throat> you know I kind of asked myself, why why did I come out? Um and, and and the answer is like I bottom line is I want to be happy and I want to find love. Yeah. And, and to me those are like the the only thing that mattered to me.
0: Gotcha. So you had to stop playing the play again. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You were out there collecting those, you were collecting matches like Pokemon cards, right? <laughs> uh,
1: absolutely. You're just but
0: like, yeah, yeah. Gotta that catch them that all.
1: Was de- that, that, that was definitely
0: not a good thing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of focus So I guess, like, uh, I mean, COVID, the world, it did. It shut down everybody's life. At least if you were a good person, it shut down your life because I definitely know <laughs> there were people who were not following rules. Um, but if you're like myself, it was like things basically shut down. I think in Toronto now, things are just starting to opening up. Just this past weekend, actually, this is, uh, it's coming out later, but like recently I had gone out and it was like the first time and like there wasn't plexiglasses. everybody could like get up and walk around and I was like this is so weird (laughs) and I almost didn't know how to function.
1: Yeah, I I know and and I I worry like for, for, for where I am we're still I mean <clears throat> we're not in you know a, a lockdown or anything but it, it's still pretty bad here in Alberta but I I often wonder like when we do go back to normal like am I gonna know how to be normal you know because uh, you, you kind of need to practice like seeing people again because you're so used to just doing the same thing every day and you, you get in, into this very unhealthy cycle.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. In order to date again and to be a normal human being, like it's so weird to just be like, uh, so how do we do this? Am I allowed to like hug you? Am I allowed to touch you? Like, do, do we need to sit six feet apart on our date? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody has different comfort levels. It's a whole wild right. adventure out there in the dating world.
1: It totally
0: is, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so if after today's episode, what do you guys want people to have walked away from learning in today's episode?
1: Um, I I would say for me is like, um, yes, we we have you know disabilities and and yes, we're you know a little bit different than the average gay man perhaps but um aren't we all different and don't we all just want the same things um just because it looks a bit different doesn't mean it's it's wrong
0: yeah and yes we all do want the exact same thing at the end i mean unless you're some weird sociopath i think most people <laughs> just want like they want love and they want to be loved and they want to give love but so many people have up all these walls of like this fear and it actually it goes back to kind of what you were talking about earlier i think ryan about how like you have a filter so people have to have done that work whereas somebody maybe not living with a disability they aren't forced to do that work you know, yeah, so they're right. out there just, you know, throwing whatever they want all around and portraying whatever they want without actually having done the work. So you're getting the veneer of people, <laughs> whereas with you, what yes. your explanation was, it was just like, ah, no veneer. This is <laughs> you're getting, you. this is it. This is what you get. Yeah. I'm fucking amazing. You're uh, like, you're welcome.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. We can't hide it right? We can't, it's not something that I can warm you up to the idea and bring it out later. It's there. So either accept it or you don't, Yeah, you know? And I guess, I mean, that goes back to my answer about your question, Kellen, what do I want people to get out of it? Don't make assumptions, Mm -hmm. ask questions, go ahead. You, you aren't going to offend me if you do it the right way or say, you know, explain yourself. You're not gonna offend me. Ask questions. I'd rather you that than make assumptions, um, because you might be putting an assumption on me that isn't isn't there for me, right? Like, um, just because we are differently able does not mean we are completely incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Does not mean we can't function. Does not mean we don't know how to, you know, live life and and do things normally we do Mm -hmm. if if we have limitations we will tell you what those limitations are that's Mm -hmm. those are ours not yours right so yeah that honestly that is the biggest thing don't make assumptions and just ask don't be afraid to ask (laughs) nice
0: today's been a very like eye-opening and educating episode for me which i'm glad i needed i needed to do it i wanted to do it um, and I think, I hope a lot of people out there are listening and getting a lot of, you know, good little tidbits as well about dating and, you know, hopefully they're going to think twice about making those assumptions next time they're on them dating apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. today has been magical. I am so grateful to have had this conversation with you guys, David. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Thank you so thank much you. for joining on today's episode. Is there any last little bits or anything else you want to throw out there
2: before we leave for today?
1: Yeah, Go ahead, Ryan.
2: You know, I just want to, for anybody who is disabled watching this, find your confidence. Because as soon as you find that confidence, people are drawn right to you. So do the work you got to do. You know, find your confidence, and once you do, it will work out so much better. Yeah,
1: and that's just it. Like, just kind of embrace who you are, and and know that who you are is enough.
0: Nice, love it. All right, so let's do a little bit of promo, David. If people are interested, because you're an artist um which you do great work so where can people find you if they want to if they want to search you out
1: thank you very much Uh, yeah um yeah i'm i'm on instagram uh the number six wheel co um, and and then my website is sixwheelco.com
0: awesome so i'll make sure to put that kind of uh, those links into the show notes if anybody's curious um, and Ryan, if anybody wants to connect with you, is there somewhere
2: you prefer them to connect with? I am everywhere. I am, I am, <laughs> I am inside the Gay Man's Brotherhood. You can find me there. I'm on Facebook, Ryan Michael Williams. You can find me there. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty easy to find actually.
0: Awesome, cool, all right. <laughs> Well, this has been another fantastic episode of Gay Men Going Deeper. If you liked what you heard today and you love what we're throwing out there, please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and click that little bell so it notifies you every time we do new episodes on Thursdays. If you're listening to us on a podcast podcasting platform, give us a rating there. If you're listening on Apple, give us a five star, leave a review. We love getting reviews. We love reading reviews. And if you're not part of the Gay Men's Brotherhood, which is our free peer-to-peer support uh, group, you can join us in Facebook at Gay Men's Brotherhood. Um, And I think that that is it. So thank you again, both of you, so much for joining and uh, educating everybody in today's episode. Peace, love, rainbows. Have the best day ever, everybody. Bye.